What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your host, the one and only Maya, back with a new episode for you on the Just Me and God podcast, where we're here to talk about our walk with God, the good, the tough, the ugly, the real. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at underscore, underscore, just me and God. That is at underscore, underscore, just me and God. Now, you already know what I'm about to tell you to do. Go ahead and copy the link on whatever platform you're hearing this episode from and share it with one to two people that you feel need to be encouraged. Now, let's get right into it. All right, let's jump right into it, shall we? So today's episode is titled Debunking Myths About Parody. What is purity? Um, as someone who engaged in several sexual immoral activities and sexual sins, um, deciding to take that path of following the will of God for my life, walking with God, I had to understand what purity was, right? Um, and I had to make that decision to stop engaging in sexual sin, right? Stop living in sexual sin, stop being a slave to my sexual desires. And that was the decision that I had to be, that I had to make. And then I had to go get deliverance, right? And then I even had to even fast, right? I had to fast for like, I think I was fasting for like a week and praying against the spirit of lust and perversions, right? Um, spirit of Jezebel, um, sexually moral spirits, pretty much. I had to literally war in the spirit to release myself of those things because once you have tapped into those desires, it's hard to get out of it, right? Once you have opened the doorway for those, for, for sexual sin to enter into your life, it's very hard to pull back from it and it takes nothing but the grace of God. But um, before I took my walk with God seriously, I honestly thought, you know, once you have defiled yourself, then that's it. Like, there's no purity after that. And so we're going to debunk some myths. I'm, I've listed about five myths that we are going to debunk. And um, we are going to talk about them a little further throughout the episode. So this might be a little lengthy of an episode. And I understand that this is a, this is a topic that a lot of people don't feel comfortable you know, hearing or even talking about, but it's a topic that needs to be stated. As I mentioned, I'm speaking from my personal experience and I'm speaking based on what is in the Bible. Purity was something that I have struggled with, right? And so, you know, walking with God now, I've come to really understand it. And this was a topic that I had to study throughout the week before I even started talking about it, right? Like I needed to understand it myself, you know? And so maybe I'll have some episodes, you know, in the future where I further really dive into the importance of like that holy union between you and your married spouse. And, you know, we'll talk about that maybe in a future episode, but right now we're going to debunk some of these myths. So let's get into it. Myth number one, you can't be purified after engaging in sexual sin. False. Yes, you can. Shout out to that man, Jesus. You can be purified. (laughs) you can be purified after engaging in sexual sin. Um, Myth number two, being a virgin means you're pure. False. There are virgins who also engage in sexual, sexual sin, and they might not even realize that that's what they're doing, but we will talk about that in, you know, further in the episode. And don't get me wrong, this is not a shot at any virgins because... I commend those that are virgins, and honestly, I'm very proud of y'all, and we will talk further about why virginity is important in this episode. Um, 
Myth number three, your spirituality growth is based on your virginity. No, it is based on purity. It is based on the state of your heart. But virginity plays a huge role in it. If you are a virgin, you already got the one up. (laughs) You know, you have that one up. But we'll talk about that further down in the episode. Myth number four, God doesn't forgive those who have lost their virginity. False. Our God is a forgiving God. He is merciful and he is loving. Right. Once you make that decision, he is really he is there and he is willing to help you overcome that. Um, And myth number five, once you lose your virginity, you might as well just do whatever you want. No, (laughs) don't do that. Do not feed your fleshly desires. Do not feed your sexual desires. Do not live in that carnal nature. Right. Um, Some people lose their virginities willingly. And some people, it was not willingly for them, right? And so God is so merciful that he gives everyone the opportunity to come back to that pure state through Jesus Christ. And so, you know, those are just the five myths that I wanted to kind of debunk because those are, you know, five things that I know I definitely thought about while I was out here doing whatever I wanted. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so let's get into it. What is sexual sin? Um, sexual sin is lust, fornication, before marriage, perversion, idolatry, masturbation, etc. The list can go on. Um, and I think there's a Bible scripture that will kind of list out what, what a lot of that can be, but we'll get to it. Um, what is purity? Purity is a condition or quality of being pure. Freedom from anything that debases, contaminates, and pollutes. So... That's that. Those are just literally me searching what is purity. Because a lot of times you think that you know what purity is, but in reality, you really don't know. Um, So let's talk about what the Bible says about these things. What does the Bible say about sexual sin? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. It says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God literally sacrificed his son for us. That's a high price. God wants to live within us, but we need to give him a pure place to live in, right? He can't live in filth. He can't. He cannot live among sin. So, you know, there's that. Matthew um, chapter 5, verses 28 kind of addresses lust and adultery. And it says, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Right? And that's why I said, People that are virgins can be, can, can engage in, um, sexual sin, right? Because you, let's say you're a virgin and you know that this person is married and you're lusting after them and looking at them. And that person is giving you the eye and y'all are lusting at each other, looking here and there. Not only are they committing adultery, but you are committing adultery because you are engaging your heart to lust for something that does not belong to you. Right. Um, And maybe we'll talk about that in a further episode, but, you know, 
I feel like a lot of people think adultery is just that actual act of having sex with another person that's married. Um, and that's not the case. Like even just looking at someone in that lustful manner is committing adultery, especially as a married person. Um, so there's that. John chapter eight, verses 34 says, Jesus answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, right? And so earlier, I think I said something about being a slave to my sexual desires. Um, Committing sexual sins literally makes you a slave to your sexual desires. It makes you a slave to sexual sin because you are constantly now trying to satisfy your sexual, you know, and fleshly desires. It's like once you open that door for those sexual spirits to come in, they really come in and they latch on. And it literally takes deliverance, fasting, and prayer to break off of those things. But it is possible. It is very possible. Um, And it takes the strength of God to remain pure and to keep yourself away from those things. But if you are not grounded in God, you will quickly find that you you know, are always trying to satisfy that sexual desire, always trying to satisfy that fleshly desire. And that's what makes you a slave to it, right? When you are constantly working to satisfy its needs. Um, so yeah. Now, what does the Bible say about purity? First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine to 11 states, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So not only does this, not only do these verses basically list off a bunch of sexual sins, but it tells you that, yes, that, that was your old way of life, but you can be washed and you can be sanctified, right? And you can be justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Because God is merciful. He wants to give you that opportunity to be redeemed again, right? To, to attain that purity again. Um, let's see. Then we have Philippians chapter four, verses eight. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So now we're talking about purity outside of just like sexual sins, right? We're talking about purity in the mind. Like, what are you allowing into your mind? What are you thinking about, right? You have to be pure in your mind as well. It is far beyond just, purity is far beyond just the sexual activities that you engage in or don't engage in. Purity is really the state of your mind, right? Because what enters your mind goes into your heart. Remember, we talked about this a little bit in the music episode. Um, And I kind of talked about how, like, you have to be mindful what you allow into your ears and to your eyes because it flows to your mind and then that flows to your heart. Right. And so, you know, to attain that parody, you really have to be mindful about the things that you're thinking about. And with the strength of God, you can overcome it. Right. Like I know when I started this journey, it was tough. (laughs) It was tough. Right. To not look at people inappropriately or to think inappropriate thoughts. I literally had to say to myself, like repeatedly, 
I rebuke these thoughts and I ask that Jesus comes into my mind. Like, I literally had to say that all the time until, like, I, I think at one point I was probably saying it maybe 15 to 20 times throughout the day. And now I rarely say it. Glory to God. Um, but it just goes to show you can be purified in the mind even after engaging in such activity. But I just wanted to point out that a lot of this purity is the state of your mind, right? What are you thinking? What is coming out of your mouth, right? Um, Psalms chapter 119 verses 9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. So it's telling us that if you want to remain pure, if you want to be pure, check how you live your life, right? Are Are you living your life according to the word of God? Are you abiding by the Bible? Are you abiding by the commandments of, the, of God, right? Are you, um, are you living life according to the will that he has for you? And so, you know, to stay on that path of purity, you really have to be living according to the word. And in order to know the word, you have to read it. You have to study the word, right? It's not enough to just, it's not enough to just think purely. <laughs> you have to also walk purely walk in purity. Um, and so, yeah. So now let's talk about why virginity is important. First Corinthians chapter seven, verses 34 says, and his interests are divided An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. So this verse is basically what I took from it. It's telling us like, those that are virgins, their concern, if they have a pure heart, their concern is pleasing God, not pleasing man, not pleasing their fleshly desires, not pleasing their sexual desires. It's pleasing God. It's living a life that is pleasing to God, that is holy and acceptable to him, right? Um, so virginity is important because it shows that there is no divided interest from God. Um, pure virgins are holy in body and in spirit, and this pleases God because they are pure, it shows a dedication of life to God and pleasing God and abiding by his word. Note I said a pure virgins because it is possible to be an impure virgin. And we will talk about that further. Um, but this is why I feel that it's really important that churches learn how to preach the importance of virginity, right? Growing up, you always hear, oh, don't have sex, save yourself from marriage. It's a sin. But nobody really tells you why, right? Nobody tells you why is it a sin, you know how when you tell a child not to do something, they typically go and do it? Right. So it's like we have to take on that mindset, especially when talking about, you know, sexual immorality and sexual sins in the church. Um, no one takes the time to explain why it is a sin, right? And nobody takes the time to explain how it takes away your focus from God, right? And so, you know, I think that those are topics that are honestly personally dear to my heart. And maybe I'll have another episode further, really just like talking about the importance of understanding how these things take away your focus from God. Um, But no one really talks about, you know, the sacred covenant between you and your husband that you're supposed to share as virgins, right? No one really shares about the severity of a blood covenant and binding yourself with someone. Because when a woman loses her virginity, right, her hymen is broken, right? And that causes bleeding. So now you have a a blood covenant ordained by God when it's, you know, a holy marriage of two virgins coming together, right? So, you know, 
it's supposed to be a sacred covenant. Like I said earlier, it's supposed to be a sacred covenant between you and your husband. And that's why it's important to marry the right person because you become one with this person and you tie yourself to them and you become attached to this person, right? It's like if one person has the, is filled with the Holy Spirit and another person is filled with the Holy Spirit and they come together, it's even more of the Holy Spirit. That's why marriage is honestly one of the biggest weapons against the enemy because it's like you're taking, and of course, if it's like a, you know, Christian marriage, it's like you take, you're, you're going from having just a little, you know, just your little individual bringing God glory in your life to now having enormous glory. <laughs> like you're now bringing, you know, glory to God on a larger sense. Now you're both serving God together on a larger sense. Now you're both doing the work of God together on a larger sense. There's more power, right? That's why it says where there's two or three people gathered there, you know, there the Lord is right. And so it's like, if you don't understand that, you you easily open yourself out to doors of just <laughs> of hurt, shame, right? Like you have to marry the right person. You have to marry that person that God has for you, you know? Um, and again, this is not what I want to talk about in this episode. I'm not here to talk about marriage or anything like that. So maybe we'll dive into that in a further episode. Um, but just understanding that that is a sacred covenant between you and your husband. And it's meant to be between two virgins. But of course, a lot and the majority of people are not really virgins anymore, right? And again, that goes back to people not really understanding the importance of why virginity is important and why that is so pleasing to God, right? Um, but all glory to God, he gives us the opportunity to be renewed, to be sanctified, to be purified, to be washed clean again. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, you ask God for forgiveness, he gives it to you, and then you go back to doing the sexual sin. Like, that's not how it works. Um, and I can't wait to talk about my dating episode because I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, how that plays a large part in dating as well. We have to understand that even virgins can be impure. I think I said this earlier, right? How can a virgin be impure? Just staying away from engaging in sexual activity as far as like sex with another person is not enough. It's not, right? Um, virgins can be impure if they do things such as masturbating and watching porn. Doing those things does not make you pure, even as a virgin, even as, you know, not a virgin. So taking that stance to not be sexually immoral anymore, it's deeper than just making the decision not to engage in sexual activity with somebody else, right? It's making the decision to not even open your eyes to pornography. It's making the decision to not masturbate. Remember we talked about, you know, the things that you're supposed to think about, right? So how are you supposed to think purely if you're allowing pornography into your mind? Um, and it is a sexual sin. <laughs> like you're literally sinning with yourself against yourself. You know, it's, it's a weird thing, but it, it is a sin. Um, as a virgin, what are you doing when no one is watching? even as a non-virgin, right? Like, what are you doing when nobody is watching you? That determines your purity, right? Um, I feel like virgins with a pure heart have the one up because they can really focus on God. 
They don't have to worry about any emotional baggage. They don't have to worry about any emotional attachments to anybody. And again, I will talk about dating. I I promise I can't wait to talk about this dating episode. Maybe that'll be my next episode, but refraining from sexual activities with somebody that's not meant for you saves you from so much. It saves you from so much. That's why, you know, when you do have sex with multiple people, as much as you can pretend that it does not affect you, it does. And I know a lot of people like to do this. Oh, well, I don't care. This is, you know, freedom of the body. I can do whatever I want. That Do whatever you want if you must, but understand that there is a price to pay for everything, right? And just because you are emotionally desensitized to something does not mean that it doesn't affect you. You have just desensitized yourself to it. Um, and so you are attaching yourself to people when you have sex with multiple people, you're attaching yourself to them. You're attaching yourself to their spirits. Some people have demons within them and you are literally attaching yourself to them (laughs) and you become so emotionally attached to this person and you wonder why it's so difficult to forget about said person, right? Or even separate your emotions from this person. So now you have to mask those emotions. Now you got to run away from those feelings. Um, because sex is a bond. God created it for it to be a bond between man and wife, right? Not you and whoever you see or a million other people. Um, there are things that come out of you engaging in sexual activities with people that you are not married to, and they're never good things, honestly. And I'm really speaking from experience. Like Some of the things that I experienced were hurt, I experienced guilt, I experienced shame, soul ties, I experienced emotional ties, like, there's just so much that you don't even realize that you are allowing into your body, and you don't even realize that you are overlooking certain things, because all you can think about is the sex, right, um, you, you might find yourself staying in a relationship, and continuing in a situationship with somebody, because all they offer you is nothing but sex, Like, they might completely be incompatible with you on so many levels, but because y'all are having sex and it feels good, you think that that's where you need to be. Sex clouds your judgment, realistically speaking, right? That's why I said virgins have the one up because it allows for them to, to really focus on God. There's nothing blocking their discernment. They they have the one up (laughs) for sure, right? But again, thank God that we are able to be purified. Thank God that we are able to be sanctified through Jesus Christ. Um, You might find yourself with someone who lacks terrible morals. Y'all might not even share the same views or values, but because they are giving you good sex, you stick with that person, right? Um, Like I said, it blinds your judgment. It blinds your discernment. That's why sex is supposed to be the last step. (laughs) It's not that you're supposed to meet somebody, then have sex with them, then get to know them, then get married. Like, no, sex is supposed to be the last step, right? You're supposed to meet someone, get to know them. You date them. You guys get engaged. Then you guys get married. And then you have sex because if the sex comes first, you're not going to be able to really see this person for who they are. And you might find out along the way and it might be like, whoa, This is not the person that I thought that I really wanted to be with, right? But now you got married to this person because you skipped the important steps. 
sex is supposed to be that last step. It's that last bonding, that last binding, right? Um, and it could be somebody that you're not emotionally compatible with and you literally will never know, right? Like your religion, your religious views might not even be the same. You might be completely unequally yoked with this person and you won't know it because you're focused on the sex and the sex is it for you. They might be someone who can't even engage emotionally with you, right? And you will not know it <laughs> because you think that they, you think that because they are having sex with you, they're showing you emotion. It really clouds your judgment. It really clouds your discernment. Um, it allows you to not see people for who they are. Like, I can't begin to even explain that further because we'll be sitting here talking for hours. But realizing that sex is a sacred thing and realizing how it, it, how it impacts your relationship with God and your ability to focus on God and walk in the will of God, you'll quickly understand why purity is important. And, like, sex after saying I do is supposed to be a seal the deal type of thing, right? It's a seal, it's a seal to the intimacy. And intimacy is more than just sex. So a lot of people, you know, find themselves seeking intimacy and thinking that sex is going to fulfill that, but that's because they don't understand exactly what intimacy is. What is intimacy? Intimacy is closeness between people in personal relationships. It's what builds over time as you connect with someone. You grow to care about each other and feel more and more comfortable with each other during your time together. Intimacy can include physical or emotional closeness, or even a mix of the two. It's more than just sex. And the sooner that we begin to understand what intimacy is, a lot of you might realize that what you are seeking is intimacy, and it's not actually sex. Right? That's why I say one of my biggest goals this year, I say it all the time, is to develop a stronger intimacy with God, where my life is lived to please God. No matter what happens, no matter what occurs, I know that me and God are so locked in that I could not depart from him. That is my goal this year, is to know him on that intimate level where I can just call on him and hear him clearly and immediately, right? Um, but yeah, so as I mentioned, purity is the state of your heart. It's the state of your heart, it's the state of your thoughts, it's, a, it's fleeing from sexual immorality, right? Um, it is to be faultless. Purity is to be uncompromised about the ways of God. There is no compromise when it comes to the ways of God. Um, staying clear of adultery, right? Purity is living according to the word. Remember, we read that earlier in the Bible, Um you pursue purity your entire life, honestly. So even, even if you do get married, even when there is marriage involved, and even when y'all have come together and had sex, purity is still a thing that you must pursue, right? And that's why I stated purity is the state of your heart. It's the state of your mind, right? And so in order to achieve purity, you really have to clear yourself of judgment, of, um, you have to clear yourself of sexual sins. You have to clear your mind 
of sexual thoughts, sexual desires, right? You have to clear your mind of filth to be pure because you are constantly striving to achieve purity. It does not stop at marriage. It does not. It's a constant state. To achieve the kingdom, you must be pure. Like, to get to heaven, you must be pure. Um, And so, yes, you can abstain from sex and sexual immorality if you are not a virgin. Yes, I'm practicing that now, right? Um, It pleases God to see you even strive to redeem yourself, to redeem your purity. It pleases him. You know, to see you trying to clean up your mind. And that's why he gives you strength when you ask him for it. That's why he's there to help you through it. First um, John chapter 1, verses 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. All we have to do is ask and we can be purified and begin walking that walk of purity with God. All you have to do is ask. You don't have to feel ashamed because you've already engaged in sexual activities, right? And that's why I said it's important for people to teach why you should not engage in sexual activity before marriage, why you should not engage in sexual sins, why purity is important. Um, Because just telling people not to do something is just not enough. Everyone is curious, right? But if they understand, they really come to understand the why behind it, just maybe that will get them to, you know, follow the right path, to focus on God, to keep that focus on God. God is a God that meets our every needs and desires, right? And so we have to give them the ability to do that. You can't ask God to to meet your needs and desires while trying to meet them yourself. That's not how it works. You, you need to surrender completely to God. That means surrendering your mind, right, and allowing God to live within you. If you allow God in, he will begin to purify you. He will begin to purify you. He doesn't want you to come to him perfect, <laughs> right? Like, yes, you can come to God perfect, but like I think I said this in a, in a past episode. If you're coming to God perfect, then why are you still here? Like, he wants to be able to to fix things in you. He wants to be able to to show up in your life, right? You know, so that's that. Um, so what is sexual immorality? In the New Testament, the word often translates sexual immorality to porneia. And this word is also translated as fornication and idolatry. It means a surrendering of sexual purity. And it is primarily primarily used of premarital sexual relationships. From this Greek word, we get the English word pornography, stemming from the concept of selling off. So sexual immorality is a selling off of sexual purity and involves any type of sexual expressions outside the boundaries of a biblically, biblically defined marriage relationship. That is what sexual immorality is. What is, what is idolatry? Not idolatry. Idolatry. Idolatry is voluntary sexual relations between a married person and someone other than that person's current spouse. Synonyms of idolatry include terms like cheating, infidelity, 
unfaithfulness. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 32 says, But a man who commits idolatry has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. So there you have it. Marriage is a constant state of trying to achieve purity. Don't think for a minute that just because you got married, if you were already someone who was battling with cheating while in a relationship with someone, don't think that just because that person got married, they're not going to cheat anymore. It is a spirit that has to be fought off. It has to be battled spiritually. Like, you have to really cleanse your mind, your heart, right? Um, and it honestly, it's really sad to think that some people struggle with things, will struggle with things like even pornography, right? You might struggle with it before you even meet your spouse and get married and think that you're not going to struggle with it after. But most times people continue to struggle with those things if they don't face them beforehand. If you don't receive that deliverance beforehand, it is a problem that will carry into marriage. And that's why purity is an ongoing thing. It doesn't just stop at getting married to your spouse. Some people never get married. They still have to engage in purity. They still have to have a pure mind, right? Um, And so Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed is to be kept pure. For God will judge the adulterers and all the sexually immoral. So, again, (laughs) purity is a constant. Achieving purity is a constant journey. It is a constant journey. It doesn't stop at the I do's. It occurs before the I do's. When you are single by yourself, you should still be pure. When you meet somebody and y'all start dating and get into a relationship, you should remain pure. When you get engaged to somebody, you should remain pure. When you get married, you should still be pure. You have to, you have to be pure from the start all the way till you make it to heaven. Purity pleases God. It pleases him. Um, so this is not an invitation for you to lose your virginity because just because you can gain your purity through God, absolutely not. Like I said, virgins have the upper hand. <laughs> if you are a virgin, I am beyond proud of you. I am. And honestly, I pray that you continue to keep that. I pray that you continue to keep yourself for your personal person. Keep at it. Don't let the ways of the world try to make you feel like you're missing out on something. You are not. You're not missing out on hurt. You're not missing out on shame. You're not missing out on guilt, disappointment. The list goes on. <laughs> you're not missing out on those things. Um, honestly, if I knew what I knew, if I knew back then what I know now, I would have also kept myself, right? If I really understood the word and really took that time to develop that relationship with God to understand his word and the importance of that virginity and that purity, I would have kept myself for my husband to come. 
And that's just the truth, right? I would have waited to experience that unity of a covenant with my spouse. So as a virgin, you do still have to aim for purity. And even as a non-virgin, you still have to aim for purity. Purity is the key. (laughs) Purity is the key. Um, My best advice to those you know, seeking repentance and deliverance from sexual sin is to meet up with your pastor and ask for a deliverance prayer. First, make up in your mind that you don't want to engage in those activities anymore. Then meet up with your pastor and ask for a deliverance prayer. And if you don't have a pastor, I suggest that you find a Bible-believing church to join. And then ask the pastor to help you through that deliverance. But you have to start by making that decision. Because purity is the way to the kingdom. You have to check your heart, check your mind, check yourself. Matthew chapter 5 verses 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see, they will see God. You have to be pure in the heart. And in order to be pure in the heart, you have to be pure in the mind. And in order to be pure in the mind, you have to watch what you allow into your body. Whether that is through the eyes, whether that is through the ears. All of these things tarnish the mind. And the mind affects the heart. Um, So, I encourage you, ask yourself, what are those things that you are doing when you think no one is watching? Right? Because most times that will tell you the state of your heart. And you think that no one is watching, but God is always watching. Don't play with him. (laughs) He can see you engaging in those immoral activities. God knows the state of your heart. You cannot fool him at the end of the day. So the best thing to do is just ask him for the help and the strength to overcome those sexual sins, those sexual desires, so that you can really begin to walk in purity and begin to really understand the word, right? Um, I don't know that I could even achieve the level of the relationship I have with God now if I was still engaging in sexual activity, honestly. And I'm glad that I took my time to study the word and understand that, yes, those things happened in the past, but through Jesus Christ, I am redeemed. I am sanctified. I am purified. And so I'm honestly grateful. (laughs) I'm grateful that I have that opportunity again, right? I mean, some people willingly engage in sexual sin, right? And some people have been forced into having sex, right? And so that's why it's important to understand that purity is what we should all be striving for because you can be purified even after the contamination. You can be. It doesn't make you any less of a Christian if you went from engaging in sexual immorality to living a pure life for God. 
a life where you're only focused on God and pleasing him. It doesn't make you any less than of a Christian. Yes, the virgins have the upper hand, and I commend them, truthfully. It is a beautiful thing. (laughs) It is a beautiful thing. I think that if you can still say that you're a virgin now in this day in society, you show that you have so much self-control. You have so much self-control. And that is an amazing thing to have. That is an amazing fruit of the spirit to have because that is the one fruit of the spirit that a lot of people struggle with, self-control. And so keep it up, you know, keep it up. If you are a virgin, keep at it. Keep asking God to help you through it. And even if you are not a virgin and you are striving for that purity, you're kind of like me, right? You're, you know, you have redirected your life to the path that God has for you. Keep at it. Ask God to help you through because he certainly will. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So that's basically it for today's episode. I know I probably rambled a little bit through it, but hopefully it makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. Um, And as mentioned, I'll probably have further episodes where I just really in debt talk about, you know, the, the things such as, you know, sex, sexual morality, um, really dive into marriage and adultery, right? I'll probably have some future episodes later down the line. Not sure. But one thing I do know is that next episode is going to be about dating. So, um, I'm actually very excited to talk about that with y'all. And I didn't want to talk about that one first because you really need to understand, um, how sexual immorality plays a large part in your dating life. Right. And so that's why this episode had to come first. So that's all I have to say for you all today. I hope that you have been blessed and I hope that you have been encouraged. If you have not yet, make sure that you copy the link of whatever platform you're hearing this episode from and send it to one to two people so that they can be encouraged and they can begin that walk with God. Right. Um, If you are not yet following us on Instagram, Twitter or YouTube, that is at underscore underscore just me and God. Make sure that you follow us. We are streaming on Apple, we are streaming on Google, we are streaming on Spotify, and of course, YouTube. But for Apple, Spotify, and Google, search Just Me and God, and you will find the podcast channel. Make sure that you subscribe so that you are notified every time we drop new episodes. But yeah, that's basically all I have for y'all today. I just want to remind you that I love you, God loves you, and I hope that you have a blessed week. Peace!